0: Welcome, everyone, to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity, and we come together from different backgrounds, places, and stages in life. We focus on what unites us, being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, We find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone for another installment of our weekly podcast. This week we have such a fabulous guest, Miri Grunhaus coming to us from Miami, but originally from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so, so nice to have you here with me. Thank Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm very excited. So tell us about your background, how you got to the States. Okay, so I went to high school to Israel. I was in a yeshiva for girls. And I went back to Brazil because I thought I wanted to be an attorney and I worked with my father who had a law firm and decided that was not for me. So I came to the U.S. because in the U.S. I could go to Stern and to be in a Jewish environment for girls. And I didn't want to go to just regular college in Brazil. So I came to the U.S. and I worked together with FIT. Fashion
0: Institute.
1: But but my major was marketing and advertising. I did not take any courses in fashion. And I started right after my career in graphic design and marketing. And I did that for 25 years, I absolutely loved it. I fell into the area of ethics and compliance, probably because of my love to law and ethics and integrity. And I worked for pharmaceutical companies creating their compliance programs. It was a phenomenal 25 years.
0: What a path and now you kind of took a detour or maybe that has brought you to this moment.
1: My path took a detour. I believe that every experience we have in life brings us to where we are today. It's a culmination of everything together, but I went through some hard times and I felt that I needed to be working harder because I took work as a drug and I wanted to be so busy that I would not be thinking about my pain. And I said, you know, it's just the the marketing and the design is too easy for me. I'm going to start a new company because I am an entrepreneur at heart and I like building things out of nothing. So I decided to start a fashion brand and I did, and I was very busy. So I accomplished that goal. Wow, unfortunately,
0: very often we choose a drug of choice, right? Sometimes it's chocolate. (laughs) Um, Working out at the gym, everyone has their own way of escaping their pain, but it was amazing that you could take your pain and channel it in a way that not only helps you have a healthy life, but helps so many others.
1: There was a journey to get to that because in the beginning, I just wanted to be busy and I started the brand. The brand had no specific mission regarding healing. But after about a year and a half, I said, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with what I'm doing. With ethics and compliance, I felt that I was doing something amazing. And I didn't feel the same in the beginning when I had started my fashion brand. And that's when I did a lot of introspection and to try to figure out what's my why, like what is my ultimate goal here? And I realized that what I loved about the fashion business was the connection with the women Mm -hmm. and it was helping them so my fabric is very special, it's very soft. And so a lot of people who had fibromyalgia or they had gone through radiation, they were telling me that this is the only fabric that didn't you know, hurt their skin. And that was when I said, wow, this is what I really want to do. I want to help the women who wear my clothing but I didn't know if I wanted to just target the people that had skin issues, pains, and all kinds of different things, or if I wanted something else. And then I realized through that introspection that I really wanted to connect with women that had gone through adversity, but wanted to become joyful because that was the trajectory that I was going in. And I wanted to connect with them.
0: I just want to tell you why I feel so connected and so excited about your line. So first of all, thank you. My wardrobe thanks you. (laughs) (laughs) And it brings me a lot of joy. But what I love about it is that there's meaning behind it. And I want you to share that story, the whole Kunsuki story for those that don't know it. But there's something very powerful about not only living your values, but wearing your values. And I really believe that getting dressed is a holy thing. I truly believe, like when I get out of bed and I say Mo to Ani and I start preparing for my day, I am excited to open my closet and how am I gonna represent myself in the world today? It's always exciting. And the reason I really feel connected to you is because my path, going back to when I was a young girl, was definitely down the path of fashion. When I was 11 years old, my mother and father, they invested a tremendous amount into me. I, I didn't do very well in school. I actually failed fourth grade. I was having such a hard time academically, and my parents, thank God, they had the vision, the foresight. They saw I was a talented girl. My hands—they always said your hands are made of gold. Everything you touch turns to gold. <laughs> really, I, I was good with my hands, but they needed to give me a skill, so they actually signed me up for lessons with a designer. And at 11 years old, I was sewing my own dresses. When I was for my bat mitzvah, I made my own bat mitzvah dress. It was velvet, and it had roses made like by hand. And then I started selling dresses for $40 a dress to my classmates. And this was my path. This pulled me through a very turbulent teenage (laughs) hood because there were some serious ups and downs. And this was something that was like a lifeline to me. So the path that I was going on was this fashion and entrepreneurship and all of that. And I was also, I was applying to Fashion Institute in New York when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. That was my route. I was gonna go to Stern College and Fashion Institute, just like you did. And then God had other plans. I married in Israel. I stayed in Israel for the next decade. I got a degree in psychology instead. And life carried on. But I just feel that when you have a talent or a yearning, a desire, something is inside of you. It has to come out in some ways. You know, for me, the one time a year that I have time to really crack out my sewing machine and like go to the fabric store and go all out is Purim. I channel all that energy into the Jewish holiday of Purim or Passover, sometimes I'll make pillowcases for everyone at the table, like I'll just bring out my creativity and my love for sewing, for fabrics, for material during those specific times of year that it's like I could channel it into something that's productive to be a Jewish woman and to use it in that way. But I feel like every single day getting dressed is, it's just, it's a holy act because we are representing God. In a way, I'm like, you know, tell me more about your fashion. But it's interesting when we were talking a few days ago, Mary. you said that it's really not fashion, that that's your thing. It's more the connecting to women through this line of work. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit more about your story, how you got into this line, the whole kintsugi. When did you have that aha moment? When did you make
1: that shift? I am not at all a fashionista. I don't know how to sew. And for me, I saw clothing from a marketing point of view. Our clothing is our billboard. It says something, how we dress, it's saying who we are, our style, everything everything that you wear. You know, if you wear flowy, bohemian, flowery dresses, it gives a message of who you are, right? If you wear t-shirts with messages, or if you wear a jeans overalls, it gives a message of the type of person that you are. So we are walking billboards. And I wanted this opportunity to use this walking billboard for something good for a bigger reason. So I was in the depths of my despair when I always say, Hashem sent me a WhatsApp. It was a friend of mine, but I have no doubt that it was Hashem sending me this I Not many, many messengers. <laughs> yes, 100%, because it was so, nothing to do with that person, you know? It, it, no connection, it was so out of the blue. But he sent me a, a short video. It was a Thai gentleman, who spoke about kintsugi, the Japanese art. And the Japanese art of kintsugi is a, is a philosophy, right? Kintsugi is mending of pottery and they highlight the breaks with gold or silver. And But as a philosophy is to teach people that we can all fix, we can all mend. And after we fix, we're more valuable, we're stronger, we're are more unique. A kintsugi piece, if it falls, It will not break where it has been mended, where it has been put together. If it's gonna break in a different place, that could happen, but not where it was already fixed because it's such a strong way of mending. And in a way, it's the same with us. If we go through a hardship, but we do the work and we fix in those areas, we become stronger in those areas and we may get tested in something else. We grow through growth in something that hasn't been properly fixed. But when we work on something, we become, are stronger. So when I saw this video, it was exactly at that time of my life that I was thinking, you know, what am I doing here? I want a bigger purpose. What, you know, what am I going to do with my brand? And then I had a big aha moment. And I said, my brand is going to be all about kinsugi. It's not going to be just about the clothing anymore. It's going to be about the connection with the women. It's going to be about the message. And I had two, I wrote down what do I want to accomplish this? So I, there were two things. One is to make the women remember that they can fix. Remember that there is always gold, that, that there is always a way to put it together, that they don't have to be ashamed of what happened to them, that the whole purpose of Kintsugi is to highlight where it broke, not to hide it. Right. That's the beauty. So I wanted to give this very strong message to women. And then I also was like in this dream world of like can you imagine if this becomes big and then when other people see somebody wearing a kintsugi piece they're gonna say i have to be thoughtful i don't know what they went through you know this is a person that has wisdom i want to learn from this person i wanted to create like a change in the way people react to each other sisterhood This silent handshake like you know i get you Exactly. Exactly. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud for what you did and I'm empathetic and I'm there with you. So uh-huh. I started at that point interviewing women because there are people yes. that you know that went through nightmares and they're joyful people. Right. right. truly Boy. happy people. And yes. you say to yourself, how can they be happy after going through what they went through? Right. There's people that you meet that if you know their stories, you say, how is this person functioning and then there's people that they go through adversity it really breaks them and they can't get out of it so i became very curious as to what's the difference between those two people and i needed to find out what did they do to get to the point that they are today how do they build
0: resilience in their life right i mean it's a muscle right 100%. hundred percent I know that your brand and this whole idea it's for the whole world it's not for women it's not for men I mean I know that the clothing is for women, but the whole idea of fixing mm-hmm. and and getting out of your pain and taking responsibility for your life and choosing joy i mean this is this is just for all humanity but it's such a Jewish concept right it really i, I don't I can't remember where it's written maybe in um maybe Mishle, in the book of Proverbs, it says, Mm -hmm. As long as the candle is still lit, you could Mm -hmm. fix. And hopefully until 120 years old, you know, we're going to go through ups and downs. But as long as the neshama, the soul is still inside our body, we could
1: fix, we could work, we could heal. Yes. I want to say something about that. Okay. Because... A lot of people say, I'm waiting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm very against this concept. To me, the end of the tunnel is the end of life. Yeah. You know, there's a different type of light there. But you cannot wait for the end of the tunnel because life is the tunnel. Mm. Life is the tunnel, right? We're going through life. Life is the tunnel. The end of the tunnel is your accomplishment. accomplished to what you were supposed to be here. It's what you do in the tunnel. And what people forget is that they are the light. So they're always looking for an external light, but they're the light. They just need to, to use their strengths. They need to use their talents, their uniqueness, their wisdom, and appreciate right. you know, the wisdom that they have and to give it to others. I always say, at the end of the day, what we're looking for when you, when you take the metaphor of Kinsugi for life, we're looking for what is the gold. Because the gold at the end of the day is what makes the, the kintsugi piece so unique and expensive and valuable, right? And beautiful to display. So we're looking for the gold. Hmm. And, um, and, and there's a path to find the gold. And then, then you become the light. Because once you bring the gold into your life, you become this shining golden jewel
0: oh, i love that i i just want to share with you part of what i do i lead trips and one of my signature trips is this poland israel journey and it's a very hard trip and the first couple times we did it it was dark we're in auschwitz we're in Maidanek, we're in these places that there's no words and after doing this trip a few times i decided there has to be a better way of doing it that we come out not broken but feeling like inspired to take more action in our life, to really feel more responsibility for the Jewish people for the future. And the hashtag that we did on that trip was find the light. Mm -hmm. Find the light, see the light, you are the light. Mm -hmm. And that was my goal to really let the women know that yes, we've been through so much, But we're the light. Look at us. We're standing strong. When we walk through the concentration camps with our Israeli flags wrapped around our shoulders singing Am Yisrael Chai. It's so beautiful to know your light, to Mm -hmm. see it, and then to reflect it in the world. It's very powerful. It's amazing. So there's so much here. I mean, I love your commitment to the women Mm -hmm. that you work with. Um, I love the stories, the blog, the sharing that's come out. I mean, I've been a follower for a long time, and I'm just... I'm blown away. I read every email that you write. I mean, I feel like it's coming from a deep place inside you. It's your own healing that you're bringing to the table. And that's what's
1: helping others to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And the stories, when you read the stories of the women, you will see that they all took exactly what broke them to be helpful to others. Mm. That's the biggest of the gold you, you
0: said something really beautiful it's I want to like put it on my fridge you said take your
1: mess into your message yeah yeah it's a hundred percent look I, I completely changed what I was doing I never thought that I would be doing this I'm an introvert when you think about the type of person that I am, I like to be home and alone. I love humanity, but I don't necessarily love people. You know, like I love people from a distance, but I like being in my thoughts, in my reading, in my work. And I, now my work is is people all the time, is talking to people, is relating to people. So we see ourselves a certain way, but ne- not necessarily God brings you to a path that it's not what you expect. And, and suddenly you realize that you have a lot to give and that's exciting. And I, you know, I encourage women that are having a hard time healing from their adversity to read some of these stories just because you will see people that really went through mind blowing tragedies and to see that it is possible to recover I think that it's the beginning of the process when, because I've spoken to so many people that they said, that's it for me. There's no way for me to recover from this. I'm so traumatized. I have this, that, and the other. And I totally understand. But some of these women have all of that and they succeeded and they all put in place the same things. And this is something that was very important that came out of my research was that it didn't matter. Their ethnicity, their age, their looks, nothing, you know, Jewish, non-Jewish, you know, tall, short, thin, fat, um, beautiful, less beautiful, what, you know, what society calls beautiful, whatever, it didn't matter. The trajectory was exactly the same. The steps that they did were exactly the same to find healing. And that is huge. Because that is like, you know how we say, oh, you become a mother, but you don't get a a book on teaching you how to be, you know, you have to figure out as you go, life, there is no plan for living, but there is a plan on what you can do and implement in your life to be more joyful. The the concept's very interesting. The concepts are simple Mm -hmm. and they're extremely hard to implement consistently. Mm
0: -hmm. Sure. This is real work. It's real work. Yeah. When someone shares their story or a part of their story, and if it comes from the heart, it can enter a heart. In my work with women over the last decade, I've seen that when someone really shares wholeheartedly, very often someone else will see a part of their story in that story. You Mm -hmm. know, the details are different for everyone, but there's something that's sparked. There's something, there's a lot there that unites us that is very similar, even though the details are different. And in my work, we also believe in unity, unity without uniformity. We don't all need to be the same. We don't really need to serve the same. We need to be different, right? Even in Judaism, we say Shivim Panim la Torah. There's 70 facets to the Torah. It's different for everyone. Not everyone's journey should look the same. It should be different and diverse. And we really, really respect that. So I love this work. I love the messages. And now tell us how you're shifting. You told me that once you started putting the meaning into the line, it took off. Like it went within a year, you said it quadrupled, exploded, because people really buy in to something that has meaning to it, attached to it. So tell us a little bit about that and then tell us what's
1: next, because I know you have some big, exciting news coming up. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I just want to tell you the name of the company is Mika. And Mika stands for Mika Mocha Hashem. Translate that. Who is like God? Mika Mocha Hashem. Beautiful. Right. And the reason was because I hadn't gone to design school. And I really felt that I was just a messenger. You know, when I was doing graphics and marketing, in many ways, I felt as the creator of the pieces that I was doing. And maybe that wasn't right. Hashem is the creator. We're messengers. We come here to bring out things and ideas that God puts in our heads, that we need to become the ones to say it. But those concepts exist, they don't come from us. So I felt that it was very important for me to name it like that because I really felt being the channel, you know, and not being the creator. So are you not the designer? I am the designer, but I
0: feel that God sends it through me, you know? The messages. I mean, I know that your inspiration was this video, the Kintsugi video, Yes. But what about this, what's it called, bohu?
1: Boa dress. So the concept of, of having those extra fabrics yeah. exists. It's an old style. Be Very like bo- bohemian, right? Yeah. Yes. But
0: in a way, you're taking the bohemian and you're, it's the, it, I don't feel like I'm dressing bohemian when I wear this. I feel like right. I'm chic, right? Right.
1: So I took the concept that existed, and I think I may have done about 45 samples. And the reason was because I wanted to get the measurements so it could be tied, so it could be worn as a shirt, so it could be worn in about 10 different ways. So I wanted that to to work. So I had to do it. you know, I had to re-engineer a concept that already existed. Yeah, I'm the designer. There's nobody else.
0: When we were talking, you're like, I do everything. I'm a one-woman show. I do the sales. I do the packaging. I take out the garbage. <laughs> I love your humility also, you
1: know. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. Um, so, so, your question was, the, uh, how did that happen, right? So that became the, the Kintsugi. And then I started with the blog. And then I felt like I needed to do more. So it was in the plan that within two to three years, we would put out a healing course. Because I really felt that the, the clothing line was inspirational. But I didn't think that the clothing line was um, empowering with tools, right? I wanted people to know that they can heal. But it was half a message, you know? Okay, you can heal, but how am I going to find the way to heal? Well, then I'm going to teach one way that I see that is an amazing structured way to heal, that it's based on the Kintsugi art, because when I interviewed the women, I wrote down the lessons that I learned from all of them, and then I split them into categories, and I realized that it's the same process of fixing a kintsugi dish. So I divided the, the process of healing in the same method of creating real kintsugi. But it's philosophical, right? It's, a, it's related, but it's not art. Right. The course, I wanted to create something that was very visual because I felt that a lot of people are visual learners. And to me personally, my aha moment was to be able to see that video because I used to describe myself as a broken vase. Mm. And the reason was because I saw myself as a container. I was, I kept the family together and I was responsible for the water, which was to sustain the family. So I was supposed to keep everybody together, happy, fed, you know, beautiful, blooming. And when my heart broke, I felt that my vase broke And now I couldn't be the one thing that I was supposed to be in this world, which was a mother, a wife, a spouse, you know, like a family person. If I'm going to put glue on my vase, it's not going to hold the water. You know, it's going to drip water out, you know, it's not going to be a strong vase. Mm. And that visual helped me. So I made um, a conscious decision that the course is going to be visual. There's going to be hands on. There's going to be some art involved. There's going to be some worksheet it, it's it's a lot of work but I believe that going through that if it's not going to make you joyful it's going to get you very close to it but also joy is, is is it's not something that is constant it's constant work it's a constant decision that you need to make do I want to be right or do I want to be happy you know do I want to be satisfied or do I want to be extremely fulfilled Everything about life—it's a choice and a decision, and it's constant work. You know, once you become joyful, life doesn't end. You—you're going to stumble through another problem. So, but then you're going to have the tools. And I wanted—I felt that it was incomplete to have a clothing line that the goal was to help women. If I was only, in in theory, helping them
0: so far, and then you know, you didn't want to just like give them a little inspiration and let it just fizzle Fizzle out. out. I wanted to go deeper. Exactly. I just just want to say thank you. Like on behalf of all, all women out there, I, you know, as you were speaking about this broken vase, I, I just feel like it must be that every, every woman has felt like that broken vase at some point in their life, whether it's mothering. I mean, for the first time now I have, I have almost four, teenagers and pre-teenagers living in this house. And we've been quarantined for a couple months. And and I have cried so many times. There are times that I literally go to my room, close the door, go put the pillow like you know on my head and just cry into it because I feel like that broken vase. Like, what am I doing wrong? It seems like the water is leaking out everywhere. It seems like nothing I could do could really hold things together. As you're talking about how you, you saw yourself, and I'm also a very visual person, it really, really touched my heart because I could relate and I assumed that every single woman could relate
1: in many different areas in their life. And I can tell you that a lot of that feeling that we have is because of how of expectation we have a vision of what our life should be. We have a vision of what our homes need to be like, our families need to be like, our relationships need to look like. And when the reality is different than that vision, that's when we feel broken. Because it's like but I did everything to accomplish that goal. You know, I I, I did this, I did that. I, I I baked cookies for my kids and I I woke up early with them and I was patient and I listened and then why are they upset or screaming or not being thought, right? We have a vision that if we do two plus two is four, if I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that, it's going to equal this and this is what I want. And that's not how it works, right? Not at all, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Right. Yeah. So I think that today the goal of the course is to show that. It's to teach people how to see things from different points of view and understand things better, understand themselves better, understand expectations, what are bad expectations to have. And they, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And that's my goal. But I, I start like that. I'll tell you, when I started my fashion brand and the blog and so on, my goal was if I can help one woman, Mm-hmm. You know, my goal was one woman I, and I kept saying just one woman if I help one woman it's fine because that's another thing we say oh I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna help millions of people and then we don't and we're disappointed right. and, but when I helped one woman the first woman to to text me how she felt about my clothing it was everything so then I said okay I just need one more woman wow he helped this woman over
0: here and <laughs> it's Yeah, it should continue. There should be many, many, you know, when you're talking about that these high expectations that we have that are not even realistic, you know, it's like we have such a high bar and we all do this to ourselves. And there's like this one vision that came to my mind. It was I run women's retreats. And at one of my retreats, there was this one woman, she's an Ethiopian, beautiful woman, mother of two and stepmother of two. And I just remember her, like she was struggling with worthiness and we brought her into the middle of the circle and we had her say, I am worthy. And in the beginning, she couldn't even see the words like, and then by the end, she was screaming, I am worthy. Like she was like owning it and we were all like cheering for her and she was like yelling it. And I just feel like there's like a shift that has to happen in our minds where we could really like accept ourselves, not at this unrealistic, ridiculous high bar that we all hold ourselves to, but to take ourselves with our scars, with our challenges, with our inadequacies, we all have imperfections, and to embrace it, Mm -hmm. to be okay with it, and to see ourselves as worthy human beings.
1: We're all worthy. Mm -hmm. That's the shift, and that's the work. It's a lot of work. And let me ask you and your followers a question. We all, those who are parents, not everybody has children. So this is going to be an example for those who have children, I think that they will understand. We have kids, some kids are smarter, some kids are neater, some kids are kinder, right? They're different. Each child has different you know, personality traits that we appreciate more. You love them the same, but you love them different, right? This one is, you know, more empathetic, but you love your children the same, meaning you love them so much. You love them so much. And it doesn't matter to you at the end of the day that one is, you know, misbehaves or one is less successful in school or if one can't find a job at the end of the day. You are absolutely crazy about your children. You want them all to be happy and do well, and you, you just want them near you, right? So explain to me something. Why, how can we say that Hashem has a child that is not worthy, that it's not worthy of His love? It comes to a level of a chutzpah yeah. for us to say, God, you yeah. have an imperfect child and it's me. Let me tell you something. You created something so bad and it's me and, and you created it and, and I'm not worthy of your love and I'm not worthy of your blessings.
0: Wow. So true. How can we say that? My friend, Neely Cousins, she says, God doesn't make garbage. And she says, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be up on it. And it's true. He loves us. He loves every human being. Every person is created in the image of God. Everyone has infinite potential. I mean, God created you in the Elohim Shama, the beautiful morning blessing that we say that God, he takes our soul from us at night and then he lovingly blows it back into us. He yeah. cares for us. He nurtures us like every day. Again, another chance. I believe in you. Go there. Go into the world. Do yeah. your thing. It's, exactly. it's we need to, we need to remind ourselves of this, like, you know, maybe a hundred times a day, but yeah. of course, God believes in us. We should believe in ourselves. Wow. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Miri, tell us a little bit. We're going to have to end in a few minutes, even though I think we should have a part two, because I know that there's a lot, there's a lot more. And, and we had a conversation, you and I, about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to really forgive, but you were telling me that, the person that's holding the grudge is really, you know, carrying this rope through its life. They're kind of like dragging all this luggage with them. And the only person that really is is at a loss or, or suffering is the person that's holding on to the
1: grudge, to the, the luggage, right? Yes. yes, but you know that I don't like the word forgiveness. I don't think that the word forgiveness... Is, is used correctly, because yes, I believe in everything that you just said, and I believe that there is a way to let go, but I don't equate that with what the word forgiveness is used, which is absolution of the other side, right? Because even we are used to the concept of Yom Kippur, right? We ask for forgiveness, and we want a sham to absolve us, right? We want Hashem to say, I'm going to open a clean slate and you did nothing. You are in the same perfect state that you were when you were born. You can start from scratch from now. That's a, Forgiveness, in that sense, it's absolution. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people have a very hard time forgiving in their relationships to people that hurt them because one, the other side didn't ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Second of all, sometimes what happened to them is not forgivable. There are things that don't get to get absolution. Can you uh, say that we absolve the Nazis from killing the Jews? I don't think that we have the right to say that we absolve them. But do we cut that rope that's really choking us? So that's a different word. I haven't found the name of that word yet. I'm still in search of it.
0: what, What it really is, is that every person is responsible for their own side of the street, right? We're not responsible for what people do, right? That's, they have to take that up with God. In fact, one of my favorite books is The Choice by Dr. Edith Egger. Have She's you read a, that? Yeah. Um, and, and she says, like, I, you know, I got through that experience with Dr. Mengele. She had to dance for Dr. Mengele in Auschwitz. Yamach Shamo, his name should be erased. And she said she felt bad for him, not for herself. And I think what, what, what this is really saying is that every person is responsible for their own healing, for yeah. the other side of the street, for how they're going to move forward after the, the hardship that they've been through. It's not about forgiving someone. It's about doing what you need to do to move forward in your life and not carry the the pain and the hurt, to choose joy, to choose to move forward in your life. You know, um, Rachali Frankel is another tremendous role model of mine. Rachali Frankel is one of the mothers that lost teenage boys are kidnapped and tortured and killed
1: in in Israel. I I met her. And I made for her a custom pendant. I made it for the three mothers a custom that's so different different.
0: but something you know and everything she says I could just hang on to every word but she says she was in pain but she didn't become her pain you know she she chose to move forward she chose to to heal whatever she could and keep going for the rest of her kids she wasn't going to crumble up and and just that's it She was ready to move forward. So there's so much to learn here. And I'm excited to possibly take your course. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Healing with Gold. Is that right? Heal with Gold. Heal with Gold. Okay, well, I'm so excited for you and for the gift and the light that you are going to be bringing to the world. It's just such an honor, Miri, really such an honor. And tell us a little bit how we could Find you how we could
1: purchase your products sure. sure so i'm going to be giving you a code your followers anybody who wants to buy something from mika or even to become part of our founders launch i'll give you all the information right now the site of the clothing is mikafashion.com, which is m-i-k-a-h fashion.com. And the other one is Heal with Gold, which is a site in progress. I'm always open to criticism. Anybody who wants to check it out and correct my English and punctuation is welcome. I'm so happy. Now I have two Brazilian friends. (laughs) That's
0: right. That's amazing. So thank you so much for
1: that. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And I really hope that all of your followers will understand that they shouldn't feel ashamed for the hardships that they went through, that every single human being goes through. That is why we're here in this world. We're here to grow, grow growth happens in the pain. Growth happens when muscles tear, when hearts tear and break. And the, and the point is to put all the pieces together and I, I wish them a lot of healing for anything that they have gone through their lives.
0: Amen. That's such a beautiful blessing that we could all take to heart. I'll just read what it says on the little tag over here that I kept. It's so so simple and so beautiful. We hope that this piece, this Kintsugi collection, will remind you that you are valuable and beautiful, not despite your circumstances, but because of them. Own your struggles, and in doing so, own your strength. Accept yourself along with your imperfections and limitations and wear your scars with pride. Mm -hmm. Each one of us is a unique work in progress. We are Kintsugi. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, Mary. Bye. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes, And to learn more about the work that we do at Inspired Jewish Women, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing, positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.